Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by me, Patrick, or Padomaru, and Hats on Lamps. There's no hats this week. He's currently looking for a cabin in the woods and said he's not coming back out until there's a draft change. So instead, we are bringing on a special guest this week, draft champion Gunner116. Thank you for coming on, Gunner. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we're very excited. Um, so it's episode 73. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and me, mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. So this week, we're going to laugh, we're going to cry, we're going to talk a little bit of draft, and most importantly, Gunnar and I are going to have a lot more chemistry than Eric and Hats did last week. So I'm very excited to see how this episode goes. So first off, how was your draft week this week, Gunnar? Um, it's been pretty good, pretty good. Uh, the last 10 days or so, yeah, has um, gone well, you could say. <laughs> So have you been doing much drafting now that you're a draft champion? So yeah, I kind of I've kind of um taken a step back a little bit this week, yeah, cuz I've kind of um wallowed in my glory. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, I've, I've done a few drafts, done a few drafts, they've gone okay. Um just over 7 drafts I think to uh, to get into the Masters um this month, but um but yeah, it's uh, it's been all right. It's been all right. Tried tried messing around. I think with uh, a few more decks than I normally would have, just because you know, format's a little bit old now. But uh, and why why not? Why not? But uh, yeah, it's, it's gone okay. So, what decks in uh, in particular have you? Do you feel like you haven't had a lot of experience with? Uh, so, mostly fire decks, I would say. Um, I haven't drafted much aggro in this format just because there's so many good blockers mm -hmm. uh, and like defensive units as a whole have um, Caravan Guard and, and Siphoner Paladin, sort of the two standouts really. But even Valley Clan Sage um, 05 blocker on two is just quite quite hard to get through. So yeah, I have kind of steered away from fire in general and uh, sort of those strategies, but I've, I've just partly because they've been open um in the in the drafts that i've tried this month but uh just because i thought i might as well give them a go as well and just see if they're as bad as they seem um and i've had mixed results, uh, mixed <laughs> results. <laughs> the, the middle two packs have uh have yeah kind of been a bit rough but uh but yeah just those kind of decks really the ones i haven't gone to full five color madness just yet but i, I might get there at some point yeah, it, it's funny. I feel like there's a big divide in opinion on fire decks in this format. It's mm. a thing we've been talking about a lot on this show where there are, I, I guess, uh, the majority of people feel like fire isn't great in this format. And then there's a few sort of people that still like fire. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even in the, that episode you d did uh, with um, of the Eternal Journey podcast, you know, Vader Man you know, got there with a fire deck. Yeah, and yeah. even in the top eight, a lot of, there were a, a lot of fire decks drafted um, in the top eight of the draft championship. And uh, it's a deck that I've had a lot of success with too. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting how there does seem to be a divide. Because I, I feel like fire's a deck where on paper, 
you're right. It kind of looks poorly positioned in this format, but then yeah, yeah, it it is performing for some people. Um, no, and that's I think I, I think I mean this format is a bit old now and it's a bit stale, but to have kind of those differences of opinions still after all this time means that it's kind of a little bit unsolved still. I would say um, yeah. when you get people disagreeing sort of on that kind of level. Um, and part of it, I guess, can come down to the, you know, play style and play preference and what you like to draft. But, um, but yeah, I think that that's kind of definitely a plus point for the format in general is how many different takes there can be on certain different colors and combinations and stuff. Yeah. Do you, are, would you consider yourself an aggressive pl player? Um, I would say... I mean, I'd like to say that I could just play everything, um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's obviously uh, a bit of a stretch. But um, but yeah, I, I do prefer to have options and um, to take kind of more of the controlling role if I can. Um, I, I'm not not afraid to to get into the red zone and you know get get attacking and stuff. But um, but but yeah, I generally prefer to be the one with sort of the answers. And I think the two decks I drafted um, definitely played played to that. In the top eight and top sixty-four. Yeah, yeah, those were definitely two very controlling decks. So I'm excited to talk a little bit more about them. So my draft week, uh, I've been having a pretty good week, um, more or less, I guess. My last three drafts were seven wins, which is kind of rare for me because I am not a particularly consistent player for some reason. So <laughs> being able to knock these out, and this last one is sort of thanks to Gunnar because we're going to do a draft at the end of this episode. And uh, I was, I had drafted a, a very medium Combray deck and and was kind of burnt out on draft a little bit. So I was taking a break, but then I was like, oh shoot, I have to finish this draft in order to uh, <laughs> record this podcast. <laughs> so this morning I, I jammed out all my games and I, I went 7-2 with the deck. So that was very exciting. But I just keep continuing this trend that that feels like it goes against the common wisdom in this format, sort of, where anytime I have Primal in my deck, I go about 3-3. Three, three. And anytime I don't have Primal in my deck, I do a lot better, like with Fire. And even now, I used to have a lot of trouble. Combray used to be that for me, where I would yeah. always end up in Combray, and then it would always be a completely totally average deck yeah mm -hmm. and that has changed slightly in my last few combray decks where they've been doing a little bit better for me but now like anytime i draft huru anytime i draft Felm, and huru and Felm are you know some people consider two of the best decks in the format and i just like cannot get, get a <laughs> winning result with them and i don't know what i'm doing wrong so yeah. I think we might have to have a, a session where we just uh, take a look at each other. Well, maybe we'll see it a bit later on, but we can uh, cover each other's um, weaknesses a little bit, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. So we'll move on to announcements. Uh, this is where we plug our Patreon for the podcast, which you can find at patreon.com slash farmingeternal, where for as little as a dollar a month, uh, you can help support the show, nudge us towards any Patreon goals we might have, which we have none of right now, but we might one day again have a Patreon goal, which you would nudge us towards. And, you know, it's it does really help keep this show running. Um, so we do appreciate everyone who does contribute to the show. 
those being Cotillion, Loki, Trickster, Sigma Tank, Mercurial Blue, Abednego, Meagles, Madness, Parmalee, Darth Herman 2, Twin Hex, Jed the Homrid, Raven Dragon, S. Rich 215 Sun Blaze, Work Done Sun, and Yestow. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all your support. Okay, so on to card of the week, uh, where we talk about a card at length. So what's your card of the week this week, Gunnar? So I have to give honourable mention to um, to both Backbreaker and Imprison, um, two cards that, um, that helped me quite a bit. But uh, Island's Choice is my card of the week this week. All right. And so Island's Choice is three Justice Primal, and it's a fast spell, and it says negate an enemy spell with cost four or more or kill an attacking enemy unit with four attack or more. And so what do you want to say about this card? Yeah, this card is probably um, the reason why I am draft champion. Um, I managed to end up with two in my deck. Um, and I thought that they, I don't know why to be fair, but I kind of thought that having open deck lists in the top eight might be a little bit of a, you know, a, 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 a downfall for it because opponents will be able to see it coming, you know, and play around it. But then again, how do you play around not playing big spells and not attacking with large units? So, um, yeah, it's just super powerful. Both both sides of it are are really um, are really ideal. They're what you want, right? To kill the biggest unit on the board, pretty much for your enemy, or to stop. Because um, this format, especially, has got quite a few impactful spells that cost. Um, it costs four or more, so false demise, imprison, especially shadow, um, forbidden research in primal, um, disappear, of course, stuff like that. Quite a few um, spells that that uh, are quite expensive, and if you can hot keep the three power open for it, you can uh, you can put your opponents in a, in a difficult spot. So um, so yeah, and also the, the open deck list as well. Um, kind of worked on the on the other side of things because I knew what to look out for, knew what to keep it open for, and um, and hold up when I needed to hold up or you know kind of spend my power when I thought I had a window to uh, to get things through um, when people are on the back foot really. Mm -hmm. um, this is not really uh, related to the card, but. Did you play your games differently in the draft championship than you normally do? Like, did you have your opponent's deck list in front of you? Yeah, yeah, I did. I um, I went through um, because every, every competitor got the uh, the deck list of everyone else. Uh, sort of the pools, sorry, of everyone else before the uh, before the event began. And um, yeah, I went through before each round and highlighted the cards. Firstly, that I saw on the coverage. Um, but because I was the first match, um, I didn't get to see Eric's sort of deck until I could kind of guess really what he was kind of playing. So I knew he had Unbreakable Tradition um, and quite a lot of uh, large five power units, four or five power units that I could uh, hold this for. And yeah, I, I mean, in general, I probably play around things too much in draft, which is something I need to maybe get better at. So the fact that I knew what to play around I could see kind of it helped me realize actually that yeah that probably do play around a bit too much um and it probably does cost me some win percentage but in that, that tournament that set up specifically 
um, it actually helped me a lot because I was like, okay, I know what this 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 is what I need to play around. That's it, and I can you know, plan ahead accordingly for it. Yeah, I really like that uh, going through and just like highlighting key cards you might think are in their pool. Was there anything else that you did? Um, I didn't really alter my pick order too much based on the fact that um, that it was going to be open deck list. So I kind of I figured that combat tricks would be a bit worse. Mm -hmm. um, removal conditional remover spells would be a bit worse, um, but in general, that it didn't really affect my didn't really affect my pick orders um, too much on that side of things. But I, I also did put more consideration into I know there's not many playables going around in this format so you kind of have to scrape together what you can but I did think about you know taking a card not necessarily to play it but for the equity of it being in my pool so my play, my opponent would have to play around it potentially um, for me to uh, if it was there you know because unless I, until I showed it or didn't show it to them they, they wouldn't know if I had it or not right did you like the best of three nature do you think that played to your strengths or played to any particular deck style? So yeah, the, the best three format, I don't think it made too much difference to the consideration of, you know, decks to draft and stuff like that, because um, you don't get to sideboard, right? There's no sort of sideboarding in Eternal, so you can't adapt. Um, you, your deck is your deck, um, and, and that's kind of it. But at the same time, it does help if you have uh, a more consistent deck over three matches potentially you have the opportunity to uh, to make that consistency you leverage that consistency a little bit um versus a deck you know that um potentially has more explosive starts but um might not be able to keep up over like a longer game um if you're able to you know just hit your power drops consistently um hit your removal on curve um in my case, and um, and yeah, keep the board empty. It uh, it helps out a lot. But but yeah, I think there is a lot of variance in draft in general. Um, best of one, obviously, a bit more than than best of three. But um, but yeah, I think overall, I, I do I did like the format of the tournament. Apart from technical issues aside, um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a, a good a good tournament, and it was a bit of a I didn't. I didn't go into it with any kind of expectations or anything like that. I just, um, I just played it. Played it one game at a time, one match at a time. Um, was a bit nervous when I was on coverage, but um, but because of the delay, I just got to, yeah, just rewatch um, the last ten minutes of the matches, which was cool and stressful. But um, but yeah, it was it was really fun, really fun. Did you know you were on? Did, do they like announce that you're on coverage or like? So for the top eight, um, I didn't actually oh. realise they were going to be um, sort of doing each match, um, taking each match at a time. Um, kind of makes sense, but I didn't know that was a time. Um, but yeah, they, they didn't announce or anything like that. It was just kind of, okay, we're going to head up to the, uh, I think it was the feature drafts, um, kind of that manoeuvred their coverage in certain direction for the, for the, first, for the first portion of the top 64. Uh, but uh, yeah, there was no announcement or anything like that. It was just my friend on uh, on Discord actually told me that. By the way, you're on coverage. Um, I was too busy playing the game at the time. But uh, yeah, I managed to uh, to tune in for the last the last little bit of the, the game with Isomorphic, especially. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was that was that was quite the game. That, that was that was quite the game. I'm still getting over it now, to be honest. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, um, in this was in the top 64, so not the most recent, uh, not the top eight that just happened, but uh, Gunner and Isomorphic in game three, and Gunner was on a Felm deck, and Isomorphic was on an Elysian deck, and there was kind of a board stall. Gunner kind of looked behind for a good portion of the game and then isomorphic kept using their valley clan sage to draw cards sort of digging for something and uh felt like maybe flew a little too close to the sun and gunner was able to sort of change roles from trying to get isomorphic dead to uh, try to stall the game to let isomorphic deck themselves out. And as based on the fact that Gunner is now the draft championship, it seemed like it was, <laughs> it worked out. So that was, I think that was a really, really impressive game. I think sort of on both by both players. And I talked about this uh, in an earlier podcast, but it for me kind of showed <laughs> the skill gap between me and the people that were like truly competing for the for the draft championship uh, <laughs> like i i it worked out, I, it worked out. Yeah. I sneaked into the top 64 uh, but then um watching the coverage um really showed i think just how much play there is in draft and how sort of next level really good drafters are. So I think it's the whole thing is worth watching. I've said this before, but I, I continue to believe that was just a really incredible tournament. And I do hope they do more. Um, that'd be very exciting. All right. So my card of the week is Wasteland Broker, which is the 4444 four, four merchant that says summon. You may put a card from your market and three additional copies of it into the top 20 cards of your deck. So this is a card that I actually have not had the um, the fortune of opening yet in any of my drafts. But it's kind of an interesting card because I think this is another card where it's not really settled on how to build the proper Wasteland Broker Market. And I just wanted to hear the opinions of the uh, 2000... 20 draft champion um have you drafted any brokers in this format oh definitely definitely do you have like an idea for constructing the proper broker market like do you put in your best card do you put in situational cards how do you go about constructing a broker market for draft yeah yeah that's a that's a, a really good question to be honest because it's a rare so you don't actually see it that often it's colorless so it shouldn't, um, in my opinion, actually ever be passed by anyone ever, <laughs> um, just because it's a it's a four 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 four. Um, you can play it in any deck, and the the option to load the top of your uh, deck, especially in draft, right, where it just basically goes into the top half of your deck um, with potentially game winning um, and game ending sort of effects is um, is really strong is really strong um in terms of what i would put in the market um that is 
it's unfortunately it's the kind of question where you unless you know the full deck list and the options that you've got you can't really answer it with too much certainty um if you've got you know a spell or an effect that um or, or a creature that like um like storm prowl for example is the one i go to quite a bit um i, I had it in my market of the the first um top 64 deck um and i put it in there because i only had a etchings to grab it off of that time but um so it's a kind of different situation but with a broker that's the kind of card that you want uh, in the market where you know at the time if you're going to want it or not um when you play the the broker you can kind of see already even though it's if you play the broker on turn four you can kind of see which direction the game uh, is potentially going so loading your deck with like four large flyers that get bigger and bigger and also like stack on top of each other um is uh is the kind of card that i look to put in there i wouldn't put um and if i only had access to the market through the wasteland broker and i didn't have a way to get the broker back or copy it with like a, a false demise or sort of a, a copy twin ritual effect or, or what have you then i would probably not put my best cards in the market um mm -hmm. i would ra rather have them in my main deck yeah so, so like one card that comes to mind for me is like a marizo if you had a marizo mm -hmm. and a wasteland mm -hmm. broker do you put mm -hmm. the marizo in the market if I'm if I'm heavy primal, and because it's in draft, um, the effect of Marito is so powerful um, that I think you only normally need one. That kind of creature and effect has such a unit, sorry, an, an effect has such a large impact on the game that um, you normally don't only need one. Um, even if you get silenced, you've still got a seven-seven. Um, <laughs> So probably like the best answer is like disappear or feed, feeding time, but uh, they're, they're they're quite you know they're quite big splashy spells as well. So I would I would be inclined in that case to put Marito just in the main deck. If I draw mm -hmm. it, I draw it. it. Once you start having more access to the market market etchings stuff like that, then you can kind of reach a reach a point where you know actually I'm more likely to draw it from my market than naturally through my deck so let's um let's fill the market up and uh and yeah play it that way right yeah it's kind of interesting how with wasteland broker and then once you get other ways to access the market like getting into a situation where there's like no card you really want to put four copies of in a given game state um so yeah, yeah. i mean I, i'm not I think yeah, that that would probably be you. The only time you wouldn't want that, I guess, is if um you're literally so short on playables that you'd just be filling it with shatters or or uh, ruins. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it, that can happen in this format, but yeah, 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 yeah. that's interesting because my natural instinct would be just to put my best card in the market because if you do drop all your wasteland broker it's sort of a back-breaking win and especially like expensive stuff like the other card i think about a lot in regards to wasteland broker is like a card like bane wolf which is a late game card that you don't really want to draw early but 
seems like yeah yeah like it would be yeah. great in a broker market because mm. at the earliest you're putting you're playing broker on four and then even if you do then put four seven drops in your top 20 cards that's really not influencing how long it's going to take you to get to seven power that much i think because you know it's not like you're drawing four seven drops in your next four draws you still have a lot of time to draw you know the power you need to play bane wolf and then if you are at seven power playing four bane wolves is a pretty powerful effect sure yeah no yeah definitely i can uh I might, I might, like I said, I haven't had too much experience with brokering drafts, so um, I, it's entirely possible, you know, that um, that that kind of that kind of reasoning is more optimal for sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I I've had zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny this format. I feel like there's a few cards. Like literally, this week was the first time I have drafted a siege train. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and I draft fire all the time. <laughs> and I just have never opened a siege train or had anyone pass it to me. And um, yeah, so. And uh, spoiler alert, that is that card is as good as advertised. It is. It is indeed. It is indeed. <laughs> to be fair, I think you might be one of the last people to uh, play Eternal to actually have played, not played it yet in draft. So you might be... Uh, you might be the only one saying that but yeah <laughs> yeah that might not be helping anyone yeah <laughs> all right so moving on to our seven win run breakdown um this is our long-standing data collection project here at farming internal where people send in their seven win drafts you can either do it to our email address farming at gmail.com or post them on our discord to the seven win channel in either exported deck lists or anytime any kind of eternal war cry link and then we put it in a spreadsheet so people can sort of peruse what people are doing well in the format we have sort of a meta breakdown about what factions and color pairs and such are doing well and then we also like to shout out all the listeners who submitted decks um well we usually like to do that uh this week because we're recording at a very special time uh we actually haven't updated the spreadsheet yet this week um because this was like a, a sneak episode. So I got in under John Holio's usual um, deckless entering time. Um, so everyone who contributed deck this week will hear about it next week. Um, but we do appreciate everyone who does take the time to send in lists. And it's kind of a fun way to sort of interact with the community through a podcast. Um, because it's fun to see everyone's seven-win decks and talk about them, and uh, yeah. So the only thing I did want to mention is uh, kind of coming back to the to this primal shadow thing is, you know, you mentioned Felm being one of your favorite decks, and uh, Shab, who's been on the show a few times, said they like Felm a lot, and. Um, Pachi, who is uh, ever present presence in um, <laughs> in streams, also is a huge Felon fan. But Felon has consistently been our least represented color pair in this format. So it's the lowest of all the color pairs currently at 
just five, about 6% of our seven wind decks are Falm. And so it's kind of interesting um, that huge disconnect between like what these, what you guys who are obviously very good drafters like Falm quite a lot, but then why they don't seem to be showing up this much. Um, have any thoughts about that? Um, yeah, yeah, that is quite surprising to be honest, because you know, you just, ten color pairs, you'd expect like equal, pretty much representation, considering like the numbers that you uh, of lists you guys uh, have get submitted. Um, so yeah, you'd expect that it's about half, pretty much what you expect, right? Like six exactly. percent. Yeah. So um, that is, I think the deck has grown as the format has kind of matured, um, especially for me personally. Um, I think the valuations of some cards has uh, definitely changed quite drastically. Um, yeah, and shout out to Shub as well, you know, his articles um, sort of specifically um, kind of reinforced a little bit of, of the way I felt about film. Um, and yeah, just highlighted what I, things I'd been doing wrong, evaluate, valuing sort of certain cards, um, which makes sense when you think about it, but sometimes you just get into the vacuum of this card's better than this card, so I'm taking this card. Whereas in this particular deck, it might not be the case. You might think, you know, Vorpal Cutter, for example, is a fine aggro card. Um, Stone Scar, um, you know, aggressive-wise, it's um, it's good. It normally attacks as like a 4-3 four, four, or a 5-3 decay. Um, and yeah, it's super hard to block. But in Fel, um, when you've got your 0-5s and your 1-2 horses, it's not exactly going to uh, be pumped up too much. So that's a card that um just as one example is kind of i've had to shift my rating down with the deck that i've ideal deck that i want to uh to draft in mind so i think yeah i think felna has the best like the highest ceiling in the format in terms of power level um i think if you get the best version of the film deck i don't think there's any other deck that can kind of compete because the the defensive units are so good that you're going to get to the late game and then you're just going to outgrind people with card advantage after card advantage and um and yeah you don't even need sort of flashy finishes because force demise gives whatever you get back flying anyway so um you can just sort of beat them with uh whatever you have left over and um and yeah the, the staying power the, the the card draw the removal is is is, is fantastic you know in prison is a standout feeding time. Um, even Grizzly Contest, um, I think. I think I still think quite a few people are are l lower than they should be on that card um, because they maybe they've experienced bad variants with it, where you know they've only they've had two units and they've immediately revenged it back, and it's kind of wiped their board out um, and and stuff like that. But it is a really good card. It is a really good card. It, it kind of negates and. It, your opponent's removal because you can just sack it and kill one of their guys off um and yeah if you build your deck correctly you definitely want at least one or two of those um in there as well mm -hmm. do you um do you ever play more than one false demise in your found decks i would if i have um more than one valley clan sage if i had two valley clan sage i'd probably play as many as i could draft um, <laughs> <laughs> because if you're not gonna if you're not drawing it you're just putting creatures in the bin to uh to pull back um 
and it's just generating getting rid of all your excess power and um and yeah i, I think i would even maybe even without the sage you know I'd, I'd be happy to play up to three as long as i had a good creature base of 17 18 creatures um because mm-hmm. it's just such a hard such a hard card to uh to outvalue um over any period of time unless you're under sort of extreme pressure right yeah the extreme pressure part is the thing that has hurt me i feel like when i've been playing film where um where since film's such a reactive deck um if i i've had trouble building my film decks to be able to like counteract both aggressive strategies especially aggressive go wide strategies mm-hmm. and um and then just how greedy some decks are in this format where <laughs> i for a long time my problem was like no matter how greedy i tried to build my deck there was always three people <laughs> out there <laughs> that yeah. built their decks even greedier <laughs> and um it's been this like kind of this weird balance and especially go wide strategies i've found because like while the valley clan sages and such are really good blockers um they don't kill the opposing units and so Mm -hmm. it allows you know if your opponent plays enough two twos and you're just blocking with your valley clan sage you can get in trouble yeah yeah and i think to uh to counteract that actually i've been picking hearty warrior um quite a bit higher because that it's just such a it's like a valley clan stage on steroids right because you can, i've had it up to a, a 210 a 211 um blocker that it's just like okay um deal with this um type thing um and and that's got the uh, the advantage of you know that your opponent can't just a space and, and send all their units in they have to uh they have to consider unless they got decay i guess um which is is I, I probably would say one of the the problems for the deck as you say as well as go wide um strategies sort of big decay units can cause a lot of issues um so uh having those um having something that that deals with that permanently um removal basically is uh, is the way to go for those and then just anything else that's anything else is left over hopefully you're able to just block with those right. big guys cool well i think that's a, a nice little primer on film so i think we'll move into our main topic which um is all about you so um first off gunner um how did you get into card games S- card games is a good question um i've played with a classic 52 card deck um since i was about eight years old um just with like family uh, grandparents especially just playing um rummy and stuff like that and then gradually i got into poker about 15 years ago um played that a fair bit sort of just after the the big poker boom um came about and um and then yeah my friend one of my friends from university actually introduced me to uh to one of their friends um and they got me into a game called magic the gathering um which i basically have played ever since for the last 10 years um drafting limited mostly and then uh and then yeah a few years ago 
um, maybe two, two, three years ago, I saw LSV um, streaming a card game called Eternal on Twitch and um, I thought this looks quite cool. Um, picked it up, free to download and uh, and yeah, free to play and here we are. Um, still playing, still grinding the limited, still loving it, um, even though the format is a bit old. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, and I still play Magic as well. Um, uh, on and off. Mm-hmm. So, is Eternal your main game now? It, it's yeah. It kind of switches. Uh, like when a new set comes out, what have you? I kind of be drawn back into Magic again and uh, dip in. But yeah, I, I basically just draft in in both pretty much. Um, drafting limited only. Um, so yeah, I'll probably say I got more hours in Eternal recently, but um, pretty even split. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's cool. Yeah, I can't. I I dream of <laughs> drafting magic sometimes, but uh, <laughs> the thought of trying to keep up with two games is so overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, that I have not. So, do you play mostly on computer or mobile? Yeah. So I I, I tried a few times drafting on the way home from work. Um, I work in london um so i got a bit of a commute to uh, to get there so uh i tried drafting a few times on mobile but it went so appallingly bad for me that uh, i vowed never to do it again <laughs> and draft only on computer um from now on and that's worked out better for me so um i don't know what it is i don't know if it's just trying to remember the cards that you've picked and stuff i mean the the interface is great on mobile but for just some reason it doesn't work out for me uh, on mobile yeah no i think mobile leads it's more yeah it's easier to like accidentally sort of snap pick yes and not really pay attention to what Mm. you're doing it's um it's a thing that i've been slowly working on to like (laughs) be more (laughs) diligent in checking my deck list and uh a lot of watching uh, certain streamers helps a lot in that with just how critically they think about um, all of their draft picks and stuff is uh, helps a lot in that process. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that is probably one thing actually I did um, make a conscious effort to do as well. Sort of just touching back on the the uh, the championship, it was to take my time um, in the drafting draft picking phase um, and specifically take playing playing during the matches as well um because yeah i can sometimes get into autopilot a little bit and just um just the first plane to your head that comes into your head is not necessarily the best um so thinking it through and, and keeping a plan in mind um for what you're going to do over the you know the next two two three turns if you can is definitely something that's um that helped out i think for sure mm-hmm. okay so this is <laughs> Kind of a, a weird question, but that now that I'm, I have the actual draft champion online, um, <laughs> I wanted to to ask them. So, do you feel like you're the number one drafter in Eternal? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. I honestly think that um, that there's such high variance um, in draft, like I like I mentioned, that any one of the top sixteen. Um, or the top eight or the top 64 could have 
could have got there um, once you reach, reach a certain point. Um, I mean, yeah, but um, I, I've, I hang out quite a bit recently um, in eMoneybags stream um, and sort of discussed, you know, and he, he his view was like as soon as he saw my deck list, he was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. Um, and to be fair, I did look and kind of look at his and think, this is a good matchup for me. This is a good matchup for me. But um, but yeah, I, I didn't go in having any expectations. Like I said, I just took it one round at a time. And I was doing jumps and shouting a bit, um, which my wife, my wife wasn't too happy about whenever I win a game. But um, but yeah, then it was just like kind of, okay, that's it. Just have a, have a drink, sit down, watch the coverage and just um, go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. So do you consider yourself a lucky player? I in this particular scenario, I guess you could say <laughs> <laughs> that for me to win this was lucky. Um, but I think if you put in enough hard work, the lucky you get, which is a old cliche, but it's true. Yeah. It's in my experience. Yeah, I I don't I I'm not asking these questions. <laughs> no, 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 no. All good. All good. All good. It's just a, a thing that kind of fascinates me with sort of top level play and just the the psychology of just like how different the mindsets of like really good players can be and and just like their view of the game you know like eric who was your first round opponent in the top eight was kind of like that where he i think really views himself as like a pretty lucky player and is always just like come on deck you got this yeah and then often is not top decks the right card to like pull out a win and stuff and then there are other streamers who are just like of course i'm flooding like always and and going on and on and then you're like you're rank two (laughs) obviously (laughs) you don't flood every game (laughs) but the fact that like there's no single mindset that like leads to being an excellent player is just kind of an interesting fact to me so i'm always interested to Mm. see sort of just how people view the game and view their play and view themselves sort of within that no for sure for sure yeah it's um i think yeah it's just kind of what works best for you like you say some people it kind of brings out the best of them when they're they'd like to think that they're the underdog and um and like the world is against them kind of like a siege mentality a little bit um and sometimes the opposite you know, they're just no pressure and just see what happens type thing. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know, we've only been talking for a little while, but I would not call you, like, it overly, like, assertive or, like, kind of like the sports mentality of, like, a, a champion. So it, I think it's, it's very exciting that um, I'm very excited that you won this draft championship. So am I. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Along those lines, I do think it was really cool that the um, the finals where you and Super Baderman, who are almost exclusively limited players, and it was really nice that um, that that's how it ended. Because I do know the top eight was a bit of a mix between uh, mostly constructed players and then mostly limited players. So it was kind of neat that uh, you know the drafters prevailed in the end. Brought it home for the guys, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for the for the team. But um, but yeah, I I've not 
had looked too much, as you say, into constructed. Um, a little bit more now, <laughs> now that I've got a small matter to uh, to to contend with in a month or so. But um, but yeah, I would say it was good. It was good to good to have a have a talk with him as well. Um, you know, and kind of see the other competitors' side of things and just talking to high level drafters and stuff is for me personally anyway, it's like super interesting. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And it, it's really cool how sort of, I think part of it is since eternal, such a small community, it's yeah. really mm-hmm. fun. How many of these of like really good drafters are out there. Like, you know, you've mm-hmm. been popping up in streams a lot and, you know, like, better up and john avon Mm, mm -hmm. and um e-money bags are always streaming and like it's like some of the best eternal players in the world are also out there able to answer questions and you can watch their gameplay so that's one of my favorite parts of eternal is just like the community and how accessible it is to just talk to people well that's it yeah i mean i've i've watched like pretty much exclusively kind of since uh watched LSV like three years ago I've always been on the lookout for eternal content and stuff um but yeah it's only in the last 10 days or so that I've actually actually decided to take a more active um role in it um and it's been awesome um and yeah just everyone's super friendly super um inviting you know and kind of supportive of each other and um it's actually kind of made me want to stream (laughs) 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 to just you know experience it and be a part of it yeah i i agree i i keep telling myself i'm gonna stream a little bit more but with the podcast it's yeah yeah i can imagine it's 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 a hard sell to my mom yeah yeah (laughs) but uh maybe maybe this winter that's that's what i keep telling myself so I guess the final thing I wanted to ask before maybe we move into a draft is, so do you have any Combray tips? I know you said that was the other deck that you really liked that you've been having success with. Mm, well, I actually managed to get yeah seven wins with a, a deck this morning, similar to you with Combray. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think there's a distinct lack of top-end payoffs um, in this format specifically for time um and for justice as well um but there's all the tools to like get there so you've got apprentice mage you've got um trail maker and the two drop slot which um are both really high picks in my opinion um not just in comrade but in any kind of time-based deck and um battery mage as well um can make obscene amounts of of mana um or sorry power if you get there so i first picked in that particular draft i first picked omen scar worm and i think that's kind of the route you need to take you even need to to get one of those omen scar worm specifically is the best um i found the best kind of top end finisher you can get in the format outside of rare or legendary Mm-hmm. So having one of those early gives you something to build around and to, to build your deck towards. So I've, I've got a, a healthy respect for Enter the Monastery. Um, grab two Justice Symbols for your deck and if you have time, also play one. So that card has... I'm, I'm, I want 
actively want at least you know one of those in a combray deck that's got a top end that you're looking to get towards play multiples of those or is it sort of just like if i have enough surge payoffs i would play multiples yeah i I think (laughs) i have played um i think i have played two before with you know auric official and omen skull worm and especially if you're kind of wanting to play tinker um the uh the four four flyer um with quad justice and you know sort of disappear in the same deck you need all the help you can get <laughs> uh, so uh so that and and even though it is it's not as good as wisdom of the elders in terms of you know card advantage and what you can draw from it it is a kind of card advantage and ramp yeah. because you are getting two cards out of your deck for one so hmm. yeah i feel that way is it seed of change is that uh, seed of creation yeah seed yeah. of creation is kind of the same way it's yes. like yeah. you know it, it says it's a praxis card but it's i feel like it works really well in combray because yeah. you just mm-hmm. want all the power you can get and then you also get the you know draw draw a uh, a Non-pound, hopefully yeah. good card too. Yes, yeah. Hopefully, if your deck is uh, your deck is there, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing that's kind of interesting to me with Combray is in your comment for this last seven win deck, you mentioned that this was more five drops than you usually like to play in a deck, and I've been noticing this a lot recently with um, in uh, John Avon's stream. Uh, Tyler Cheney, Cheney. yeah, is uh, their stream name. And he's, like, constantly counting how many five and six drops uh, he has and Mm -hmm. then, like, gets very worried about having too many. While my experience with Combray is just, like, you have to be as greedy (laughs) as you you possibly can (laughs) or else... You're just gonna run out of gas and just have like a whole bunch of two-two apprentice mages, and not do anything. And like I draft Combray now, like I'll just play as many Smogwing Tinkers <laughs> as I can draft in my <laughs> Combray decks, sure. just because I don't know. I'm I feel like I I I run out of gas or just people go over the top of me otherwise. Um, and I was wondering if that's been your experience too, or how you deal with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. That's um, that's a really good point, actually. Um, and that's kind of why I was um, why I decided to run with as many five drops in that particular deck as I had um, was because I figured I've got three and one trailmaker. So if any deck is going to be able to take advantage of having this many five drops, it's this one, um, and it did work out um it did work out so yeah i think i'm moving forward um i'm definitely going to be less concerned about the amount of five drops that i have as long as i've got the the support for it a bit lower down the curve and um and caravan card is always a good bridge as well to uh to just gum up the board so that no one can they can your opponent can't attack and you can just um, if you need a little bit of time to stall out, it can uh, help you get there. Because playing that many five and six drops, I, I see what um, Tyler is saying in that you can only normally play one a turn. And if your opponent has 
Reality Snap or Frost even, you've spent five, six mana adding to the board and they've kind of, if they're attacking you and then you're in a defensive state, you they basically just um, invalidated your whole turn for the price of two mana or, or, um, or in the case of Reality Snap, obviously a bit more, but, um, but it's the same kind of reasoning where that's that's why lower power, lower lower cost units and spells are generally you have more of them, right? Because you can you can fit them into turns later down the line instead of playing a six crop, you can play two threes or a four and a two, and um, and that can help you stabilize. Whereas if you just drop if you just drop that um, I'm trying to think of a good six drop. But if you even if you drop that tinker, um, you know, and the uh, the opponent deals with it, you can be in a, in a rough position. Whereas if you'd have dropped two caravan guards, if you're that lucky, you know, you would have been a lot more stable. Right. Yeah. Though the one thing is with guards is you're probably you've stabilized, but you're not winning <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it, I do, I do agree. It's it can be tough in Combright to get enough to get enough top end to actually w- win the game sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it and the, and I think that is like a little bit of a tension in in Combray, um, and why you, you really do still need to pay attention to your influence because um, if you don't have an Omen Scar Worm, all, all the ways to win the game are in Justice, while all the ways to ramp are in Time. Um, yeah, yeah, and so finding that balance can be tricky, for sure, for sure. But I, overall, yeah, like you say, I've, I've kind of had um, reasonable success when when you have that top end to uh, to back it up. Right. Um, all right. Cool. So I think that'll end our main topic. Um, do, do you have time to stick around for a draft? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we're starting a draft here with Gunner and. Um, so pack one, pick one, uh, cards in contention. The rare is from below, which is the one-time spell, Kill a Relic, with a transmute of Primal, 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 Shadow, 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 and it makes a 4-8 Plasma Primordial, which says when an enemy plays a spell, they discard each copy from their deck. At the start of your turn, play a 3-1 Plasma Globule. Global? Globule? A Plasma Globule. globule. With killer. Then there's also in the uncommon slot, the best card is an Ancient Serpent, which is the six primal, 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 three, four flyer that says summon, draw a spell from your void. It gets void bound. There is a Caravan Guard in the common slot and a Corrosive Dagger, um, as well as a Flame Heart Patrol. I think those are probably the best cards in the pack. The other two uncommons are land's edge and film vow though i don't think they're in consideration for the first pick so gunner what do you like what do you like out of this pack um i didn't actually mention ancient serpent when i was um when we were running through uh film and primal but um i don't know how i forgot it to be honest because it's great and it's like hey guys um as the previous podcast um, <laughs> said um the artwork isn't great, but it's a fantastic card, um, and it's probably what I would take 
from below is another very very good card uh, arguably better than ancient serpent um once you're already in film but um it is so committing and the front half of it you know kill an enemy relic isn't great in this particular format it would be good in previous sets um but in this particular one it's not too too useful so so yeah i think ancient serpent is enough more powerful than caravan guard um and it's less committing even though it's still triple primal um than uh than from below that uh, it will be my pick here all right i like that yeah it's always uh we've talked about this before but it's what kind of card would you take from below over first pick one pack one um it would have to be a pretty bad pack i have to say um just because of how committing this is right i, I would it would have to be a card that i would value less in any deck of that particular color than i would of this specific film in a card in a color that i a color pair that i like a lot so so yeah it would maybe let me think do you think you would take a caravan guard over a from below if i was being a responsible drafter and um if it was a top eight for example i i probably would take care of guy and guard over uh from below yeah but if i if i wanted to have the um the higher variance the higher the higher upside um potential than uh, from below mm -hmm. and so for do you feel the same way about the whole cycle or are there a couple in the cycle for example that you you are more likely to pack one pick one um i think it is it from anguish um is the justice one yeah the justice one killer killer unit because the, the 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 ones that are good on the front side um i'm a lot happier first picking which would be or well, not even good just like serviceable right so right. from from anguish is the 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 removal spell that actually is quite good um in in justice even though there's not a lot of large things in this format um there seems to be you know equipment and stuff running around so um on on units that buffs them up to be higher than five power so yeah probably the the justice the primal one um deal three to an attacker even though it's the it's probably the best on the front side it's probably the worst unit um, right and then the the red the red one brin is probably yeah it's, it's quite a powerful one um i did first pick a a i can't the the shadow one not too long ago um and got mave the the combre um the combre unit the transmute side of it um i can't remember what the justice uh, sorry the the shadow front of it's called but yeah that was quite a bad pack so um i can't remember the exact contents but that's kind of the ratings that i've got for those ones yeah yeah mave is quite a powerful unit. Mm. Mm. I guess most of them are. But yeah, that's kind of how I feel about these two. Every time I pick one, I never get there on <laughs> <laughs> the back half. Um, so I like Ancient Serpent too, and that's what we'll pick. So now into pick two. 
the uncommons, there is a silent hysteria. That is the five time time. Uh, silence the enemy void in each enemy unit. Gain fire fire or justice justice. There's a justice etchings uh, forbidden research, um, which is the four primal primal. Draw three cards, then discard two cards. Gain justice justice or shadow shadow. And as for other cards in the pack, um, in fire, there is a chemical rounds. In time, there is a battery mage and an ancient machinist. Um, primal, there's not a lot of other good primal cards in natural order. And justice, all there is is an audacious ruse. And shadow doesn't have a good card in here. So what are you looking at for pick two? Um, I think this is a pretty straightforward forbidden research um for me just because it's it's a powerful effect draw three um in the late game it allows you to um to just bin two two lands or a unit if you want to um get the tribute on trumpeter which i saw for the first time the other day which was quite nice interaction um because tribute doesn't necessarily mean the unit has to die you can just kind of discard it um and the fixing as well, getting Justice Justice or Shadow Shadow, Huru and 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 Film um, are yeah two of the probably the strongest decks in my experience. So even the splash potential off that is uh, is great, and there's nothing really here that we're missing out on too much. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Forbidden Research, I think, is maybe. <laughs> One of the hardest cards to play in it. Yes. Eternal, I feel yes. like. Yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Because I have to. Um, it makes me want to vomit every time <laughs> I have to figure out what two cards to play. Two of these, oh man. <laughs> but yeah, we'll take forbidden research here. All right. Oh wow. Pack three or pick three cards of contention. In our uncommon slot, there's an unbreakable tradition, which is the five justice justice. Double units attack and health gain time time or primal primal. In primal, there's a sky serpent, which is the two primal 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 three three with flying, um, which is a good card. And in our colors, uh, there's a bunch of fire here. There's a flame heart patroller, a trail torch cinderpaw, a grizz grizzled quick shot, and a fire symbol. Uh, the other primal cards, a storm prowler. Um, there are no time cards, and in Shadow, there's a Midnight Hunt, and the other Justice card is a Boulder Gate Guard. Um, so is this a Sky Serpent for you? It is. It is indeed. Exactly what we want. A very powerful unit, um, exactly in the colors that, we, uh, that we're in already. And um, honorable mention to Unbreakable Tradition, that is a, is a combat trick. Of all combat tricks, I found, um, unless you know you've uh, you're facing hard removal, it's going to be a blowout the turn you play it, um, and then you're just left over with a, a large, you know, sort of six ten. If it's caravan guard or or if you get it on an auric official, it just goes wild. So um, it's very powerful effect. But the uh, the sky serpent is the one for me. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, unbreakable tradition is one of these cards that I still have not successfully played <laughs> really well. <laughs> and But it always does work against me, so I know it's like a lot better mm -hmm. than I view it. But I yeah. still just can't get over the, the five cost for it and then feeling like it's too conditional. 
but yeah yeah no it it's definitely got some got quite a low ceiling obviously if you draw it top deck it and uh, you you don't have any units it's or, or just a couple of two twos it's not going to be great um so that's why it can never be too high and you also don't want too many of that kind of effect as well if, it, if i've already got a couple of finest hours or valiant leaps i'm probably happy playing one but the five cost is quite a big deal all right so now pick four cards of contention uh in the uncommon slot there's a huru vow uh there's a moment of triumph uh which we're probably not taking. Um, in primal, other cards are there's a cheerful shepherd and a storm prowler. Um, in justice, there's a Bouldergate guard and a smogwing tinker and an auric official. And in shadow, there's just a blade of the worthy. And in time, there's an ancient machinist. So uh, the primal cards aren't great here. So what are you thinking? So. In this format specifically, um, I try to stay as open as I can as long as I can because mm -hmm. the uh, I think you can because there's so such a dearth of playables um, in general, especially in the middle two packs. That um, you can get super punished if you commit early and then you're cut off in packs two and three, and then you're scrambling to uh, to get sort of the 27 28 cards that you want to uh for a, a deck so with that in mind um there's also the tension of that versus having more powerful cards on offer right so we've got a smuggling tinker here which is a very good card um but it's also very committing um to a color that even though we've got in research We've already got a six drop as well. I wouldn't be too happy to pick it up right now. Um, mm -hmm. And for that reason, I think the the Auric official is a lot less committing. Um, so there could be an argument for that um, because even if we get up, we end up in ju justice, for example, we might not um, be heavy enough for the Tinker to uh, to be played still. I, th I think I would take Cheerful Shepherd here, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, it's a sacrifice fodder mainly for uh, for Siphon of Paladins or for Grizzly Contest, um, but it's it does a job. Um, it's a decent amount of stats spread over a couple of bodies. Um, and yeah, it's not great, but I think we're not missing out on much. Mm-hmm. Was there is there any consideration for the Huru Vow? Possibly. Um possibly. I, I don't I'm not too high on the vows. I prefer I don't know if that's because there's not many cards that are better than seats in the middle packs, but I prefer obviously um to pick up some seats if I can. Right. Um, but and and the awkward thing I don't know, it's awkward, I suppose, but if, for example, you have a Huru Val and we're splashing, we're just splashing, splashing uh, Justice, the need to have to play um, a Justice symbol, uh, sorry, a sigil in your deck um, that you have to search up instead of if you have a token, for example, the flexibility with that 
to uh, to have the option to play that and, and not have to run that sigil. So so the splash potential of them is not as high um, in my mind anyway, unless I'm missing something as sort of the tokens or the seats in the middle two packs. No, that's a good point. Is it? It's weird where yeah, especially if it's. I mean. Yeah, if if you're heavy one color and then you're hoping to play some justice cards, it makes it makes playing even like double justice <laughs> units harder yeah. because yeah, even if you mm. vow for justice, you're then pulling a justice sigil mm. out of your deck. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I can see taking cheerful shepherd. I'm I don't know. I always have trouble going. <laughs> such a power drop but i do know that a lot of people are having success with staying as hard into one color as possible in the first pack so cheerful shepherd it is who am i to argue oh wow totally rewarded <laughs> um all right so this is pick five cards of contention there's a felm vow there's a Cloud Snake Mount, which is the one primal zero two flying in view. Pay six and exhaust Cloud Snake Mount to deal two damage to an enemy unit. Um, there's a few more primal cards, so primals looking open. There's a Reflection, Cheerful Shepherd, and Valley Clan Sage. There's a couple time cards, Worldly Cleric and Sand Tornado, and a Grizzly Contest in Shadow. So, so an easy Cloud Snake Mount. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the best uncommons, if not the best um, uncommons in the set. I didn't really mention it when we were going through the, the film cards because it's not a film card. It's just a really strong unit that you can play in any primal deck. It's, um, yeah, one a one drop that just becomes a large flyer and also has the added benefit of being able to ping the opponent for two or any of their units as well. It's just a very good card. All right. Cloud Snake Mount, then. All right. Then the next pack, uh, pick six, cards of contention. There's a Bring to Justice, uh, which is the zero justice, 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 silence and stun an enemy unit. If it has an Aegis, silence and kill it instead. Um, that's not really contention here. That's the only uncommon. Then in the common slots, in Primal, there's a Hardy Warrior. There's a Beseech the Throne. In Justice, there's a Badge of Honor. There's another Blade of the Worthy, and then in time, there's a Worldly Cleric and Monk Innervator. And so, probably just the Hardy Warrior, right? Yeah, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, it's a, especially if we're going to be this heavy primal, it's going to be a 2-5 or a 2-6 on turn 4, and then it's just only going to get bigger and bigger. I, I, honorable mention to Beseech the Throne. Um, I do like that card quite a bit. Um, Plunder is just a great mechanic. Yes. All right. And then uh, film in the next pack, there's a film vow and there's a dune diver, which is the three time time one six there um, in the commons in primal. There's a valley clan sage and then there's a torn of filth and shadow and injustice. There's a badge of honor and a noble protector. So I think a valley clan sage here. Do nicely. Very a good pickup. Yep. Oh, wow. Um, all right, so then pick eight. Uh, Praxis Vow, not interested. Um, and then for commons, there's a Hardy Warrior and a Valley Clan Sage. 
And then there's also a Mandrake Shambler and an Enter the Monastery. Yeah, this one is interesting. It's good. It's clearly, um, you know, we've got quite lucky and, uh, and Primal has been open for us um, so far. So, um, so yeah, I, I think we go for the Valley Clan Sage here just because it's a, a two drop. And if we end up in film, we're going to want that over the Hearty Warrior. And we do already have, even though we've already got some... Um, one value clan sage um they do and they don't stack while they're on the field um you can you know kind of um you can put them into your discard pile um once you get one going so they don't sort of conflict too much mm -hmm. yeah okay that's interesting yeah because we already have a cheerful shepherd a sky serpent and a valley clan sage at two as long as the cloud snake mount so our early game is looking pretty good. Um, but yeah, I like your reasoning for taking the Valley Clan Sage. So we'll do that here. We'll take our second Valley Clan Sage. All right. And then um, pick nine cards in contention. There's a Shadow Etchings and a Felm Vow. Um, and then there's a Natural Order in Primal and a Monk Innervator in Time. Um, do we take order. the natural order, or uh, the other thought I had was maybe taking a Felm Vow, um, just because, you know, you can have too many natural orders, I find, <laughs> so. And if Definitely. Primal's this open, we're going to see more of them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They, uh, they normally, um, if you want one, you can normally get one um, at any stage, so for sure, yeah, I think the Felm Vow definitely has a higher upside. Uh, even though we haven't seen much shadow, um, maybe in the middle packs it will uh, come through. Otherwise, we can just potentially splash a, a feeding time, perhaps. Mm -hmm. All right, so we'll take the Felm Vow here. All right, and then um, pick 10, Cards of Contention. There is a Midnight Hunt, a Fire Symbol, and a Reflection. Between Midnight Hunt and Fire Symbol... Midnight Hunt is not great in film, I've found, in my experience, just because you want to be attacking with it and it's not great on defense. Um, fire Symbol could allow us to splash a Siege Train, for example. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, if, we, if we got there. Um, so... I would say, actually, thinking about it, probably the fire symbol um, is the one we're more likely to. And we don't know what our second color is yet, so Midnight Hunt is not a reason for us to be shadow. Right. No, that's very true. You know, I I know that Midnight Hunt doesn't seem like it's great in Felon, and it's probably not. Is there any thought, since you have so many units with low attack and a big butt, that you know, Midnight Hunt can almost be like a, could be a defensive combat trick. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, you can, you know, block a, a three uh, bludgeoner um, with your Valley Clan Sage. And um, I just don't think we're going to be that high on Shadow Sources if we are Shadow, where right. the uh, 
the, whereas the, the quick draw is the more important thing when you're attacking, I found. And having, yeah, if we were going to be def use it defensively, possibly we'd need to be heavier shadow for it to be too effective in that regard. Okay, so fire symbol it is. You've convinced me. <laughs> All right, uh, pick 11. Uh, there is a hardy warrior. I think we'll take that over enter the monastery. Yeah. And then pick 12. There's a beseech the throne. Well, yeah, we'll take All that. Right. This is going well. So as a recap, after pack one, uh, the cards we have, we have eight units, a cloud snake mount, a cheerful shepherd, sky serpent, two valley clan sages, two hardy warriors, and an ancient serpent. Our spells are beseech the throne and forbidden research. And then we have a felm vow and a fire symbol. So I think we're coming out of pack one. Feeling very solidly in Primal. Primal seemed very open and pretty happy that we were able to... We started early in Primal and stayed in it. So we'll see how Pack 2 treats us. Yeah, it's gone quite well so far. <laughs> All right, so Pack 2, pick one, cards in contention. Uh, the rare is Citywide Ban, which is the Ford Justice Cursed Relic. Choose one of the four highest cost cards in the enemy deck. The cursed player can't play cards with that name. There's um, Gunner's Card of the Week, Island's Choice, which is the three Huru card. Um, there's an Unlock Potential, uh, which is three time. Your units get plus one, plus one. There's a Flash Fire. Goes great with our fire symbol. And then in the common slot in Primal, there's a Gale Prowler and a Linrai Evangel. Um, which are also maybe the best cards in the pack. There's uh, some expensive shadow and time cards and some other bad shadow cards in the pack. Uh, so what are you looking at here, Gunner? So as much as I would, I think we'd like the, uh, the Limrai Evangel um, just as a, a way to get Sky Serpent out potentially on turn two um, and to just to buff up our hearty warriors. Um, I chose it as card of the week, so I think it's going to be my choice here is Island's choice, just because I got to represent, um, you know. So <laughs> it works great with the uh, works great with the Valley Clan Sages, just a suit and the Ancient Serpent. We can splash it off of the uh, Forbidden Research um, if we don't end up in Justice, and yeah, it's just by far and away the most powerful card here. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I think my natural instincts would be to stay open with Linrai Evangel. Um, but yeah, I like dipping our toes with Island's Choice. So let's do that. All right. Uh, <laughs> pack two, pick two. Cards in contention. The rare got passed. Um, and that is Torgov Ice Cap Trader, which is four primal primal four five when torgov hits the enemy player draw a card then discard a card plus three plus three while you have 10 or more cards in your void um while you have 10 or more cards in your void um so that seems like the best card in the pack um nothing really else of note um there's two uncommon so the person passing to us picked an uncommon the other uncommon is bolt crafter shaman and a petition uh, which doesn't tell us much, except that they're not in Primal. 
Yeah, you asked me earlier on if I thought I was a lucky player. Um, I definitely feel like I'm a lucky guest drafter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we'll take the Torgov <laughs> Ice Cap Trader. Um, all right. Oh, wow. Um, so cards of contention here. Uh, there's three uncommons. There's a premature burial, which is the six fire shadow... The enemy player chooses two of their units to save, then sacrifices the rest. There's a pack conjuring, which is the three shadow shadow conjuring spell. Um, there's a timekeeper. And then in primal, there is a cut brush cartographer. And in justice, um, there's an ensnare and an emerald waystone. This is a, a pretty clear pack conjuring. Um in my mind we're not shadow yet and cartographer is fine it's actually kind of risen up in my um, estimations as the format's gone on um i think sharp mentioned it in his uh, his article about it you just literally need one of those with a false demise and you've got your win condition right um unless the uh, unless it gets silenced um quite early on it's going to be a big threat that can uh, that can see out games quite quickly, um, especially with Valley Clan Sages drawing you all your revenge spells, hopefully. But saying all that, we've got um, we've got a decent amount of four drops already, um, and Pat Cardrine has just got such a high power ceiling. Um, we've got Forbidden Research as well, which we could potentially splash it off of if we, depending how we go, but um, I think it's enough more powerful than Cut Brush Cartographer that I'd like it here. Yes, I agree. We also do have the Felm Vow. I mean, we were talking yes, about how yeah. that's mm -hmm. not necessarily great for double-pipped cards, but... Mm. Okay, this is uh, interesting. So there's still a rare in the pack. That's a Dark Talon Wyvark, which is the four Felm, um, or the four-cost Primal Primal Shadow Shadow, 3-3 three, three Flying Aegis, when Dark, Ta Dark Talon Wyvark hits the enemy player, they discard cards from their deck until they discard a unit. Then in Primal, there's a Permafrost, and there are no common Primal cards. Um, the other uncommon is Inner Might, which is three Justice Justice. Uh, fast Spell, give one of your units plus one, plus one this turn, plus an additional plus one, plus one for each other spell in your Void. And then there's some... Um, uh, some fire tricks and some bad shadow units. So I guess the question is um, permafrost or dark talon wivark? Yeah, this is this is a close one. Um, seeing as we literally just picked up the pack conjuring, we could jump right in um, and just say, okay, we're going to be film. Um, and take the Wyvark. The power level is it is good. It is a very good unit, um, obviously. Uh, flies are a premium in this format, I found. You can't get too many of them. Um, and if we were to were to go uh, sort of full on Felon, it would be a great card for us. But Permafrost is is tempting. It's tempting for sure. Um, I actually don't know. I don't know which one. Which one do we take? Um, 
I feel like the permafrost is the more responsible pick. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. But the Wyvark is kind of the uh, the jump. Uh, I think we have to go permafrost. I'm I'm going to be responsible. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to be tempted. Um, as much as it pains me to uh, to pass it, I think. What would would you agree? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, the thing with the Dark Talon is because we just picked up a pack conjuring, mm-hmm. it really mm-hmm. feels like the universe is trying to tell us something. Yeah. But yeah. but I think permafrost is too good to pass, so we'll yeah. pick permafrost. All right, man, you are one lucky guest <laughs> after <laughs> have you on every episode. Um. All right, so there's one uncommon left in this pack, and that is Water Conjuring, uh, which is the three Primal Primal uh, stun to enemy units, Decimate, Invoke, Primal. Um, there's also a couple Primal Commons, an Overlook Spotter, and a Linrai Evangel. And there's some Time Cards, a Shadow Card, um, and a Talon of Nostrix, Injustice, and a Token of Menace. So I think this is a pretty easy Water Conjuring. Yeah. Yeah, super powerful. Invoke is not a mechanic I'm a fan of, but it is extremely powerful and does win games. Okay. All right. Then there's, again, one uncommon left, and this time it is a Primal Incarnation, which is the five Primal zero three flying plus one attack for each of your Primal Influence. And then, uh, again, the... There's a couple pieces of fixing. Uh, there's a dive bomb, an emerald waystone, a contaminating ritual, an oasis sanctuary in the common slot. So I think this is an easy primal incarnation. Yeah, yeah. We ride the primal train onwards. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are a couple uncommons left. There's a tundra explorer and a display of tradition. Another Linrai evangel. And then a scheme, assault shield, and thunder hoof warrior. Um, so, do you take the tundra explorer? I do. I do for two reasons. One, because we don't have any three drop units just yet, um, so that kind of helps us there. And two, because the interaction um, between Valley Clan Sage and Tundra Explorer is quite useful. Um, you can attack uh you can sorry you can use the battle plan sage first um activate the effect for four mana and then potentially draw a card whereas if you did it after you attacked uh and then you didn't see you didn't draw a card you would know you know that you can't activate it after you attack is basically what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because you know that there's not a spell on top of your deck so you just basically mill one so it's kind of a cute interaction, but um, and it's just a more powerful unit than the uh, the Linrai Evangel, even though we would like one eventually. Please come back. Yeah. Well, it's it keeps trying, and there we've got <laughs> a few of them. All right. Um, so now there are once again two uncommons. There's an Essence Feast, which is the two uh, Primal Shadow spell, deal one damage to each unit, Life Steal if they have ten or more cards in their void, and Deadly if they have twenty or more. There's a pistol whip, which gives plus two, plus two to your units this turn and stuns an enemy unit, or gives one of your units plus two, plus two, and stuns an enemy unit. There's an icy gaze, a cobalt waystone, and a shield bash. Yeah, uh, I 
I do like to have a cobalt waste stone. Um, just have access because it does actually shut off in prison. I know it's kind of niche, but um, it actually stops that working, which is quite um, quite a cool interaction. And there's nothing else here really that we're passing that's too good. I mean, icy gaze is fine, but I prefer to have um, frost, even though it does is more expensive. The revenge um, aspect of it I found is a lot more powerful. Um, so yeah, probably the uh, the waste on here. Yeah, I like that. All right, take the waste stone. All right, and then cards of contention here. There is uh, a territorial elf, which is the two shadow three one berserk ter territorial elf can't block. There's an awakened gorger, which we're not close to playing. There's a cobalt waste stone and a blazing renegade. So do we just take a second waste stone here? Yeah, we do indeed. We're not passing anything um, that we're likely to play. All right. And then in uh, pack two, pick not 10. Uh, there is a 10 in the flock, which is the two primal play three zero one sheep. There's a display of tradition and a stand strong. So just a 10 in the flock. Yeah, yeah, we can. Uh, it works well with the, the all the spells matter stuff that we've managed to pick up the, the Valley Clan Sage and the Tundra Explorers, and we might well play it over the, uh, the Shepherd. All right, and then there is now a dive bomb or a death from above. Uh, death from above in case we get a market. And then a shield bash to end pack two. All right. Um, so after pack two, we now have 11 units. They are all primal. There's uh, the units we picked up were a Tundra Explorer, Explorer a Torgov Ice Cap Trader, and a Primal Incarnation. Uh, we picked up a Permafrost for our deck. Uh, <clears throat> and then for spells, we picked up a 10 the Flock. <clears throat> Sorry. A 10 the Flock, a Water Conjuring, and a Death from Above as pure. Sh primal cards and then we also have a pack conjuring if we go into shadow or a islands choice if we go into justice as our second color as well as the shield bash all right and then uh in this pack uh our good luck has run out slightly um the rare is the destruction chant which is the chant for fire time shadow there's a petition and there's a Majestic Skies, um, and then there's a Timekeeper. And in the um, in the commons, the only uh, primal common is the Cobalt Waystone. The only shadow common is a Fallen Oni. And in Justice, there's a Steadfast Deputy and an Inflict Conscience. Um, so what are you thinking here? My first thought um is how many flyers do we have because right. and we have a fair number yeah i was kind of thinking about that too we have the cloud snake mount sky serpent uh primal incarnation and ancient serpent right now so four flyers out of our 11 units and all and all of them are pretty powerful actually so we'd be happy to kind of search for any of them with the uh the old mobility of of majestic skies um it's either that which is sounding more appealing as i talk through it or petition which um which is fine um i found it to be better in this format 
because being able to grab symbols is quite powerful um, and fixing on that on such a scale um, allows you to potentially go for like double double pip splashes um, which haven't really been something you could do previously um, I would I think I'm gonna hedge and say majestic skies um, we've already got as you say four flyers they're all good on their own um, so they don't really need boosting but being able to search for them is quite a powerful effect and um, and yeah we're not really missing out on too much yeah I like that too so we'll take a majestic skies here and I do think it was between majestic skies and um, petition there all right and so in this next pack pack three pick two uh, cards of contention uh, the the rare was taken out of this pack, and then none of the uncommons really are interest to us. There's a Pillar of Progress, which is a Combray card. There's an Auric Record Keeper, which is a Combray card. There's a Touch of Wild, which is gives one of your units Overwhelm, and then gives a unit Weapon or Spell in your hand Overwhelm, which is the Primal Touch card, which is not very good. Um, and then in the common slot, I think the two most interesting cards are Makar Evangel, and a Snowfort Trumpeteer. Hmm. Um, would I be right in thinking that if we were to discard a unit um, using the Valley Clan Sage ability and then play a Trumpeter, it would have Tribute? It would correct? have Tribute, yep. It, it works the same way as with Forbidden Research. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, I think in that case then, um, the Trumpeter that just pushes it over the edge um, for me. We should be able to play it on turn two if we need to, given how heavy primal we are already. Um, and we don't know if we're shadow yet. So that works for me. All right. Yeah. So let's take, take the trumpeter. All right. And then. Uh oh. Oh, there. <laughs> uh, pick three um, cards of contention. There is. Uh, uh, the people before us have taken the rare and one uncommon. So the two uncommons that are left, there's a timekeeper, uh, which is the four time zero zero. And then there's a twilight raptor, which is the one primal shadow two two flying unit. Uh, in the common slot um, in primal, there's a changey stick, uh, always a good card. Um, shadow, there's a scheme and a gorgon cutthroat. There's no good time cards to speak of and no really good justice cards to speak of. So is yeah. this an easy changey stick? Changey stick, in my mind, um, is probably the best draft common of all time in Eternal for me. Um, I know that's kind of a bigger question, <laughs> one you could discuss for uh, for ages. But yeah, um, changey stick is just fantastic and for sure the pick. All right, so we'll take changey stick then. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that card was... <laughs> yeah, you don't see it very often. Um, all right, so now pick four, pack three, pick four, cards in contention. Uh, the uncommon that's left is Cerso's Choice, which is the four-time primal. You gain an Aegis and six uh, life, or deal two damage to each unit. Um, in primal, there's an Ice Bow and a Biting Winds. Uh, in time, there's a Precision Plunge, 
in Occult Recruiter, in Shadow, there's a triumphant return. Um, so our, what are your thoughts on this pack? So first, Sasso's Choice is quite a powerful effect, um, being able to deal two damage. Um, you talked about go wide token and go wide decks being um, the bane of your found decks uh, or kind of where you've had issues defending mm -hmm. against. And, and that is one of the few answers actually in the format to go wide strategies. Um, there is lightning, lightning storm as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it could be something if we were a bit heavier in Elysian, maybe we could, uh, we could look at that because it does help keep you alive as well. You know, the, the six life can, um, if you're in the need of it, can help you out. But I think biting wins here is um, is great. It's, it's good removal helps us against uh, sort of large ground attackers um, that hopefully haven't got power. Uh, sorry, combat tricks to back them up. Triumphant return is is good. Is still very good. But decay is kind of does lend itself to shrinking units and stuff. So it can. Um, be a bit awkward on that side of things, but uh, it's still powerful. But yeah, Biting Winds is uh, what I like here. Okay, yeah, so we'll take Biting Winds. Yeah, Precision Plunge is also interesting too, because we do have a lot of flyers, mm. and there's you. There's always the Cloud Snake Mount mm. Precision mm -hmm. Plunge. Very true, Lombo very combo. true. That's, um, yeah, I think if we... If we were just a touch heavier in time and there wasn't such a good card for us, we could probably look at that. But All right. And now uh, pick five cards in contention. Um, in the uncommon slot, there's a touch of the wild and a spur on. The spur on is the three shadow revenge. Give one of your units plus one and unblockable this turn. Uh, in there are no primal commons. Uh, in justice, there's a storm of feathers and a dive bomb. Uh, in time, there's an ardent convert, and there's also a dust hoof brawler, as well as a token of destruction. Um, so, what are you thinking in this pack? This, yeah, this is the this is the typical. This is more like it, right? This is for the middle packs. This is what we're used to <laughs> seeing, <Yeah. laughs> where dust hoof brawler is um, has got so much better. I've, I've played more in this more of those in this format than uh, I think all the other formats combined that it's been in. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not really sure, honestly, which, um, which way to go because all of the options just aren't great. I mean... Yeah, I'm kind of leaning between Spur On and Dive Bomb. Yeah, I mean, Spur On is, uh, is a powerful effect. It's quite situational. Well, both are quite situational obviously just um just finishes but dive bomb i guess has got the upside of you can use it as a as a, a removal spell um so yeah i'd probably lean on dive bomb given what we have mm -hmm. um already with the island's choice um but yeah i'm not if the token was any any other colors we could look at that as well um as for a potential splash but being in fire time and uh, and shadow is just so far away from what we have already yeah. Yeah, I guess the other thing for me, which was making me lean towards Spiran, is the fact that it has revenge and therefore plays well with our Valley Clan Sages and our Tundra Explorer, um, or even the Ancient Serpent. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's but it uh, also yeah. doesn't play well in that we we don't necessarily want to be hitting hard. Um, yeah, I kind of like Spuron in in Stone Scar um, as just like a the last points of reach, right? Similar to Darkfire and um, Midnight Hunt, it just kind of pushes you over the top. Whereas here, I can't really see too many turns where unless we're so far ahead, we're winning anyway, that we're going to want to uh, to sneak through um, that damage. Yeah. I think the, the main way we win is by attacking the air, I think. Okay. So, want to leave, lean towards Dive Bomb then? I think so. I think so. Okay, we'll take the Dive Bomb then. All right. Uh, next uh, pack... Uh, Next pack, cards in contention. The uncommon that's left is Life Drinker, which is the three shadow two two summon. You gain life steal this turn. And then in Primal, there is a Snowfort Trumpeteer and an Arachnidon. There's also a Shield Bash, a Stal Stalwart Silverwing, and a Pit Fighter, um, as well as an Ancient Manual. So I guess it's probably between the Trumpeter and the Arachnidon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Arachdon again has kind of risen up as I've realised there ain't nothing better at the top end that you're going to get in uh, in Primal in these middle packs. Um, so I think it's what we're after here. Um, yeah, currently our top end, we don't really have. We have yeah. an Ancient Serpent in, at six, a Primal Incarnation at five. Mm. And then Torgob, Ice Cap Trader at four is sort of our big hitters. Um, yeah, so we, yeah. But then a, again, like a two power four four is not so bad. It's not. It's not. But I think yeah, I think we we're, we'll be able to pick up um, if we didn't have so many two drops already. Um, I would say the Trumpeter, but Arachidon is a, a harder to replace body. For, especially if we're this heavy prime. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. So let's take the Arachidon then. All right. Uh, this is pick seven, cards in contention. Uh, there is a display of menace is the uh, uncommon that's left. In the common slot, there is a changey stick in primal. And then in justice, there's a dive bomb and a stand strong. So I think we take a second changey stick. We take it so fast. <laughs> there we go. All right. Um, then next pack, uh, cards of contention. Uh, there are no common uh, or there are no uncommons or rares. And so in commons in primal, there's an icy gaze and a jump kick. In justice, there's a finest hour. And in shadow, there's a lunging wisp. I think we take the finest hour. It's just the best card here by a mile. Jump kick yes, is I, I fine, agree. but um, an icy case, as I've said, I prefer frost. So yeah, finest hour. All right, um, and then next uh, for the commons in primal, there's a snowfort trumpeter and a levitate, and the other cards are oasis sanctuary and a safe return. I do like Levitate um, quite a bit, actually. Um, we've got a decent amount of spells already, though, and I think the Trumpeter, given the synergies that we've got with the Valley Clan page specifically, um, 
we can just grab one of those and then we can be set up to our creature base is almost finished after pack three which is quite nice yes all right so we'll take a trumpeter all right and then in this pack there's a premature burial there's a fallen oni and an icicle marksman we're probably not playing any of those but we'll take the marksman sure all right then there's a display of menace and a nesting raven i like this nesting raven Definitely, yeah. So it's, it's a very nice pickup, a, a solid blocker, and then we can cash it in. And we round out this pack with a mischief yeti. Ooh, now things get interesting. All right, so um, after pack three, we continued. Uh, Primal was open in pack two and three, also, so we picked up quite a few more pretty good primal units and as for our second color we're kind of we have interesting stuff in a bunch of different colors uh for shadow we have the pack conjuring um is the main thing in time we have a majestic skies which is pretty interesting in this deck because we do have a fair number of flyers and we also have two changey sticks um and then in justice we have an Island's Choice, a Finest Hour, and a Dive Bomb. So now, uh, and we're already at 16 pretty playable units, I would say. Um, mm. So we have a pretty good unit base to start our attachments. We have one Permafrost and two Changey Sticks. And then we have a pretty good mix of spells, just in Primal even, with the Water Conjuring and a Biting Winds and a Forbidden Research, as well as a Tenma Flock. And then, you know, either Pack Conjuring or, like I said, Finest Hour Dive Bomb, depending on if we go with the second color and what that is. So, Pack 4, Pick 1, Cards of Contention. Um, the Rare is Inspiring Captain, which will not inspire us to move to time, <laughs> I don't think. Um, in the Uncommon slot, there's... And in prison, which is the six shadow shadow, the enemy player must sacrifice or must choose and sacrifice two units, gain fire fire and primal primal. Um, in the common slot, in primal, there's a spellbound Urzine and a Yeti Taunt Patrol. In Justice, there's a Caravan Guard, a Chain Whip Bludgeoner, and a Smogwing Tinker. In Shadow, there's a Rollins Enforcer. Um, so what are you thinking here? I'm immediately drawn to Imprison just because it's such a powerful spell and effect. It gives us two primal influence as well. Um, and if we were to go in that direction, we ha we have enough playables already in primal that we are in a good position to... We can still be flexible going into our second colour in pack four, um, which is... A good place to be. Mm -hmm. um, a spellbound Ursine is is a, a good card. It is a, it is a good card. It's a good finisher for sure. Um, in Primal, I've been sticking it you know, and viewing onto a uh, Hearty Warrior. You know, it can give you like a five, five, eight, five, nine, overwhelm, which is just so tricky to deal with. Um, it is a solid backup, but. I love me some Faun and Imprison 
even though it would mean that we're probably not going to play the Majestic Skies, which does hurt me a little bit. Um, I would say Imprison is just so much more powerful. Um, we've got the Forbidden Research that works well with it in terms of generating double shadow, so it's the pick. Um, I think, begrudgingly, it's the pick for me. Oh. Yeah. Begrudgingly, not begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, we take the in prison there. I think I would have taken the spellbound Urzine, um, but I I can I can respect the in prison pick. Um, all right, and then pick two cards of contention. There is a reality snap, a Badlands survivalist and a Razor Lash. And the Razor Lash is the three Shadow Shadow 1-5 Decay Summon Plunder Relic Weapon. Um, in the common slot, the only primal common is Shifting Illusion. Um, in Justice, there's a Solemn Clergy, a Badge of Honor, and a Night Watch Broadsword. And in Shadow, there's a Rollins Enforcer and a Torrent of Filth. So there's no... no... No great primal option for us here. I mean, shifting illusion is is fine. Plunder plunder is great, as I said. It's a, probably the best limited mechanic that um, that we've had so far in terms of actually getting to play a game when previously you would have just been power screwed or what have you. Um, and it does work with the majestic skies. So if we had taken the Earth sign, we probably could have gone for the reality snap and kept the dream alive. Um, we still could if we wanted to because it is Reality Snap is probably the best card here um, in a vacuum Romance Enforcer I've been more and more impressed with as the format's gone on um, in Xenon obviously but in Felm as well it can uh there's so many different effects that's, uh, that you wouldn't expect to trigger it that can trigger it, like uh, Humbug Nest, um, not in film, but giving it sort of plus nine on one turn is, uh, is pretty fantastic. Um, yeah, this is a tricky one. This is a tricky one. Yeah. Is there any consideration to Torn of Filth, or you just think that that's not a good enough card? I do... I think I'm higher on it than most people. Um, just having that one damage, especially being decay as well, is quite um, is quite powerful, and it does work well with Enforcer. Um, plus, also having Revenge. I've, yeah, I've definitely liked in having having access to it at least one in film decks. Um, Razor Lash. Now it's got Plunder as well. Is um, is not the worst. I think it's but I think here it's between the enforcer and the reality snap and I think now that we've taken the imprison there's not a good primal option so um so yeah I think I would go for the Rollins enforcer here okay so we'll take the Rollins enforcer all right uh okay this is more like it um all right so pick three cards in contention 
uh, there's the Felm Vow, there's a Sky Serpent, which is, once again, the two primal, 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 three, three with flying. There's a Dark Blade Cut Purse. Um, and then in the common slot in Primal, there's a Yeti Taunt Patrol. And then in Justice, there's a Siphoner Paladin and an Auric Official. There are no time cards. And then there's also a False Demise and a Grizzly Contest. Yeah. This is a this is a tough one. <laughs> this is a tough one because we definitely want a false demise. We definitely want a grizzly contest if we're going to be shadow. Um, yes, but I also is there any consideration to just like not being a control deck and taking the sky serpent? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I think that I think that's going to be what um, what I I would take here just because it is such a good card and. We could even just be mono primal. Yes, I agree that that is definitely in the cards, or even mono primal splash majestic skies. Yeah. Still, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure, for sure. Um, all right, so let's take the sky serpent. All right, and then next pick uh, in the uncommons, there's a determination engine um, and a cloud snake mount. Um, and then in the uh, in the commons, there is in primal a valiant leap and a valley clan sage. In shadow, there's a false demise and a torn of filth. And then there's a solemn clergy in justice. Yeah, cloud state mount. Let's go and see if we can uh, we can get that mono primal. Okay, uh, well this is uh, interesting. So next. In the uncommon slot, there's a Murky Tentaclesis, which is the five shadow shadow five two unblockable. When you play a card with Destiny, draw a Murky Tentaclesis from your void. There's a Dune Diver, and then in the common slot, uh, in Primal, there's a Primal Symbol, and then in a few good Justice cards, in an Auric Official, a Solemn Clergy, and a Badge of Honor. Murky is one of my pet cards, I have to say. Um... Yes, it gets answered by chemical rounds, um, but it's just such a good finisher. Um, if you can bring it back from the void, and as well, it's just it's just such a quick clock. Um, it can really uh, it can really end games super fast. Um, saying that, we can just take a primal symbol. We are heavy, heavy primal, so. Uh, and we haven't got one yet, so it will help us get those Sky Serpents out on turn two and, uh, and help us play those Ancient Serpents as well. So you think we should just take the Prime Symbol and be safe? I think so. I think so, yeah. It helps us get those Sky Serpents out on turn two. Then this next pack, uh, Cards of Contention, the Uncommon is a Stone Scar Vow. Not interested in that. Uh, in Primal, there's a Shifting Illusion. In Shadow, there's a Shadow Symbol and a Blade of the Worthy. There's a couple good Time Cards, uh, Ancient Machinist and Blur Haze Worm, and then the Smogwing Tinker. Mm, that is a late Tinker, but um, I think that ship has sailed, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, this is quite interesting, though. I think between the Shadow Symbol and the Shifting Illusion, um, because we do have two extremely powerful shadow cards that uh that require two um two shadow influence so 
I could yeah. see I could see taking the symbol here. Um, shifting illusion is fine, and if we were going to play the majestic skies, I suppose that would be where it comes down to, right? If we we're going to which direction we want to take it in. Yes, exactly. So I guess that's the big question here is whether do we think we're like a film control deck or do we think we can just try to be a monoprimal flyers deck? And, um, you know, our spells that we have that are, are good, say, in a film deck, we have the Biting Winds, we have a Pack Conjuring, a Water Conjuring, and the Imprison, hmm. as well as a Forbidden Research. So a few, but not a ton yeah, yeah. of interaction um and then you know we do have quite a few flyers um already we have two cloud snake mounts a nesting raven two sky serpents a primal incarnation an ancient serpent and two changey sticks yeah yeah i think you've sold me on the, the flyers plan i think we can uh we can go all in and just because and I wouldn't normally say that, but we've got so many and they're all so high quality anyway without the Majestic Skies that, um, that that's kind of what seals the deal for me. You know, if we had like Humbugs and just one one flyers for one, you need the Majestic Skies for those cards to be good. But all of these cards are good on their own um, outside of that. So if we draw the, the Skies, it's kind of a bonus. And then we get the power of being able to fetch up whichever one we... Uh, we want when we reach six power. All right, so then we'll take a shifting illusion. All right, and so now in this pack, uh, the uncommons, there's an executioner, which is the two shadow, 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 one, three, that cares about, that's kind of like a Zenin card. Uh, there's a razor lash again. Um, and then there's an acrid scorpion, which is the four primal, primal, three, five. Um, if you have double shadow, it has lifesteal. If you have double time, it has decay. There's a forget, a noble protector, and an auric official. I think it's just the acrid scorpion here, right? Yeah, we probably won't be able to get it turned on too often, but with forbidden research, and uh, we can definitely get there sometimes. All right, and then in this pack, uh, there's a frostbite elemental in primal, and then there's a red mask warrior and armed and dangerous in fire, and a brightling and a forget in time. We don't really have any stun effects. But... No. No, we've got the two cloud snake mounts, I suppose. Um, oh, that's true. But even then, we kind of yeah, that's not too many. Um, I think I guess we take it because we're really not passing too much. You could make an argument for Brightling with the uh, with the majestic skies. But... Oh, I was almost thinking you could make an argument for forget to take out an opposing flyer. But okay, okay, yeah, no, I can see that as well. Um, but I also just... like. You know, even just frostbite elemental mm. and then put it put a cloud snake mount on it. Yeah, is, yeah, mm -hmm. is interesting. It probably doesn't make a deck because we the yeah. deck because we have quite a few playables, but for sure, yeah. So frostbite elemental. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, and then in this pack, um, in primal, there's a natural order and another valley clan sage. And then a camouflage musket and boulder gate guard in justice. Yeah, I don't think we need another Valley Clan Sage. So I would say the natural order. We're probably not going to play it, but 
Who knows? All right. So natural order. All right. And then in this pack, there's a shadow etchings, a hardy warrior, and a spellbound Urzine. Yeah, the, the bear is good. The bear is good, I think. Yeah, I think we take the bear here. All right. There is another spellbound Urzine. I think we take that. Yeah. And then there's a hardy warrior. To <laughs> Well, I feel like this is a rarity where we're in a, a mono deck and we, we're going to have to make some tough cuts here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, John Avon, Tyler Cheney, um, he's a big advocate of mono primal and he's probably the first and only person in this format that um, I've heard even make it possible. Um, but we've pulled it off right here, right now. <laughs> we've, we, we got there. I've, I've not done it on my own, but yeah, it worked out. Yeah. All right. So um, I guess the big questions with the deck um, is one: uh, Do we splash the majestic skies? We don't have any fixing, which is unfortunate. But it's such a powerful effect for us that um, I would be inclined to. We're happy if we draw it. If we don't draw it, our deck still functions. Um, okay. And then um, next, with our spell suite, right now we have a Beseech the Throne, Tend the Flock, Biting Winds, Natural Order, Water Conjuring, Death from Above, and Forbidden Research. I think we can take the Death from Above out. Any other of these that you feel like can leave? Yeah, I don't think we need Tend the Flock. We don't have any sacrifice um, outlets that could utilize the bodies. We've got enough early early game that we're not going to get run over um so yeah i think 10 the flock can go um i would have said natural order as well but now that we've just picked up those two spellbound ursine that's um that's quite a quite a powerful combination um and i actually do think we play the frostbite elemental actually given that we've got those two ursine now as well um because we do have a decent amount of four imbues is um is a fair amount i think i'm I'm still not sure i haven't I haven't had a lot of experience with frostbite elemental i haven't i don't think i've even played it before um yes i'm in the the, the same position <laughs> because i i mean it struck me initially as a, like as not a very good card at all but it's been used quite successfully against me um so i've grown to respect it um, as well as even if you're not imbuing, if you imbue onto it, like you said, Cloudscape Mount, you know, becomes a four-seven flyer, which uh, is nothing to uh, nothing to ignore on the opponent's side. Okay, so that would leave us with five spells. Um, once again, that's a Beseech the Throne, Biting Winds, Natural Order, Water Conjuring, Forbidden Research. Our attachments right now are Permafrost, Two Changing Sticks, and a Majestic Sky. I think we probably want to keep all of those yeah yeah and so that leads leaves us at um 33 cards which means we still need six cuts yeah yeah i think we do <laughs> which is um <laughs> which is not going to be easy um i think one of the hearty warriors can go first up um, yes, we have three hardy warriors, so we'll take one out. Um, uh, Chief, which will leave... Shepherd, Shepherd, sorry, could probably go. 
um, just because we don't have any sack again, similar to tender flock. Yes. So right now, um, our one drops are clouds, two cloud snake mounts, a mischief yeti, a nesting raven, and a shifting illusion. Um, I think we could take the mischief yeti out. Yeah. Yeah, I do like it with two changing sticks, but yeah, because we have such a high card quality overall, we don't really need it. All right, so that leaves us with four one drops now. Two Cloud Snake Mounts, a Nesting Raving, and a Shifting Illusion. Our two drops are Frostbite Elemental, two Sky Serpents, two Snowfort Trumpeteers, and a Valley and two Valley Clan Sages. So that's seven two drops. Our three drop slot is a Tundra Explorer. And then in four, we have an Acrid Scorpion, a, two Hardy Warriors, and a Torgov Icecap Trader. We have uh, three fives, Primal Incarnation, and two Spellbound Urzine, an Ancient Serpent, and a Raktodon. Um, Do you know, I think, as much as it pains me to say it, I think we cut the Valley's Clan Sages, um, both of them. Both yeah, of them, okay. Because... We have only got five spells. Um, only one of them has got revenge, and it's not um, doing too much else for us outside of that. Right? It's not. Um, I think. I think you're right. We're not looking to control the game. It is a good blocker. It is a good blocker. So maybe we can keep one. But I'm just looking at the rest of the cuts, and I'm I'm not too sure where we get the. Uh, the other spaces from honestly yeah yeah the um the other card i was kind of looking at is arachnidon i i know we were talking about it as a good finisher but with two spellbound urzines and a primal incarnation in our deck um yeah i do yeah feel like our top end might be good enough yeah those, those two urzine pickups actually are, are super helpful um I think yeah, we given those two, we can uh, we're gonna cut the Erectodon. Um brings down our curve as well. Yeah. And that actually does open up an interesting um thought. This is a thing that always confuses me. Um because I still haven't taken out the Valley Clan Sage. Yes. So yeah. right now, to be at 18 power plus beseech, uh we need two cuts. But is there any argument to be like 17 power plus Beseech? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I always like to look to see how much plunder we have. Um, right now we have Beseech and Shifting Illusion. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's probably less than I would like um, just because I love plunder so much. But because of our curve, we've only got We've got the changing sticks, which, yeah, if we can cast them for seven, fantastic. You know, we probably win. But they don't have to be. We can just chuck them on a, a Snowfall Trumpeter on turn three, you know, and, and say, can you deal with this type of thing? Um, so, yeah, I, I could say maybe cut one one of the Valley Canon Sages and then run 17 power. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure if that's correct, but it is kind of a thought with just how, you know, now that we took the Arachnidon out, our curve is a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. And um, 
because we're almost mine monoprimal, you know, we're not searching for influence. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, I'm, ju I'm just having to look as well to see, you know, kind of how many, I'd like to look, see how many power sinks you have in a deck, um, like late game uses for power. So we've got Valley Clan Sage, we've got Cloud Snake Mount, if, you know, we're just pinging. We've got um, Torgov, helps us get rid of excess power that we draw. Primal Inclination, likes us to have more primal sources, um, changey sticks, and you know, forbidden research and the decimate of water country. So now that I've kind of just laid all those out, perhaps we could cut the frostbite elemental because it is the unit that I'm most worried about because sometimes it can just literally do nothing mm -hmm. um, and just kind of watches your opponent. Though we also I'm actually sure. forgot. Oh yes, Frost? that's true. I mean, we do oh, have yes. a permafrost yes. also. Yes. That is true, actually. That is true. Um, I mean, we do have a fair bit of you know. We have the two cloud snake mounts, the two urzines, a water conjuring, a mm. permafrost. This could be the deck to to try it out and see how it goes. Yeah, um, I mean, we could go back to what you originally said and cut the Valley Clan Sage, the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just. I think I think one cut, cutting one of them is definitely correct, um, but I think this is the classic, you know, blue white skies deck from uh, from Magic, where you just try and hold the ground as best you can and just be in the air with um, flyers. Um, mm -hmm. And so having a zero five, if that's the plan, is a is a good way to go. I could definitely see cutting one and just running eighteen power, and um, and because we have so many sinks, um, even taking that out, I think we would we would still be hard pressed to uh, to flood out and, com and completely and have nothing to do, you know, with the with the mana. Um, right. So yeah, I think it just comes down to your your personal preference, honestly, whether you like you feel like eighteen power. We don't have the influence issues, like you said. So I think seventeen power. This is uh, is fine. I think 17 power and then three time sources just to be safe. Mm-hmm. Nope. Oh. The auto power wants us to have four, but four you're starting to get a bit bit where you're drawing two time you definitely don't want to draw two time symbols, right? Oh so sigils. Um if we can help it. Yeah. So I mean even if we if we're hard pressed and we we need power, we can even plunder the majestic skies away if we need to hit our power drops. Right. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So I think we have ourselves a deck here. All right. Well, I think that will be our show here. Um, thank you so much, Gunner, for coming on. That was, I think, that was a great conversation. So I really appreciate you. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. No, no problem at all. Thank you very much for uh, thank you very much for having me. It was a uh, it was an awesome time. Yeah, cool. So that's our show. Uh, once again, thanks to all our patrons for making the show a success. And for those of you who are not patrons, a reminder to give us a five star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can join us in the Discord. We have a link in the show notes. Um, you can see Gunner in there posting his seven win decks. 
And then finally, uh, please thumbs up all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts about the show. It really helps uh, boost the visibility of the show. And don't forget to send in all your 7-win decks you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com. And remember to keep on farming. Have a good night. Goodbye.